Well, good morning as we gather on this first day of October. We celebrate this beautiful life, St. Therese of Lisieux. What a great story. Many of us know her perhaps most well-known work, The Story of the Soul. She, she wrote several uh, works, in fact, though. Beautiful, beautiful capturing of a thought process of how one comes to know our Lord and authenticity in the faith. She wrote also The Little Way, another beautiful work of hers, The Little Way. She had this childlike innocence about her. She came into this world in 1873, the child of Louis and Azalie Marie, Louis and Azalie Marie, her parents. You know, this theme this week has been purposefully Catholic. That was a purposefully Catholic household because three of their five daughters, actually four, entered the Carmelite order. <laughs> so not bad for mom and dad to have raised these beautiful daughters into that, that uh, orientation and decision in life, these workers of the kingdom. She must have been a pretty precocious child because <clears throat> her father Louise took her on a trip when she was 14 to Rome. They were celebrating the ordination of Leo XIII. He's the Pope at the time, but they're celebrating his ordination to priesthood, his anniversary. And it happens that uh, as he's making his way through the crowds, uh, Louis, her dad, had gotten them both to the front of the crowd. So they're along the uh, parade route. We can imagine push their way to the front, this little girl. And she says to him, allow me to enter the Carmelite order in celebration of your holiness. That's what she says to the Pope. And he's so struck by that question from this, we can imagine, little girl, little 14-year-old. It happens that at the end of that year, he, he apparently had written to the bishop of her immediate region, the diocese, and she was granted admission into the order at 15. Young girl admitted into the order. But she was a bit of a troublemaker. If you read her story in the, in the Carmelite house, silence is an important attribute of a young woman in formation, which was a challenge, apparently, for young Therese. Not, not, a, not a gift she had been given in the many graces she had. So she was constantly in a little bit of trouble having to work out in the garden because she was a chitter-chatterer in the, in the house. But she was so effective in her formation, she was actually asked to become the uh, guide to the young novices. And she was being mentored by an older nun, but that older nun was not really that well. And so here young Therese becomes the actual novice master and she herself relatively young in age. She went to glory in 1897. She died from tuberculosis in the last 18 months of her life were hard. That, that uh, disease is very difficult even to this day, but they didn't have the medicine and the treatments we have today to try to ease one's struggle. And she, she struggled with that illness for 18 long months, but never lost her innocence and never lost her positive orientation to her faith. In our gospel today, we have this beautiful telling, don't we? We're, we're in Luke's gospel. We're, we're here in the ninth chapter, or the 10th chapter, the start of the 10th chapter, and our Lord is sending out these 72. We know of the 12, of course we do, by name. These other 72 are not named. But we try to ask ourselves the question. We, we do that in RCAA. We ask, well, how is it that Christianity spread so fast in the immediacy of Christ's death and resurrection? How... How is it possible that so much of the known world, then being the Mediterranean era, an area, and then up into what is today Western Europe, how could Christianity have spread so fast? How? 
Well, it's because so many people had this encounter with Christ. These 72 we are told of, they were commissioned by him. You go into these towns, two by two, you go into these towns, paired up, and you bring the kingdom message. And they were an advance party. They were moving in advance of him before he would arrive in these various, various villages and towns. They would arrive in advance and spread the good news of the kingdom. They were his advanced messengers who would carry this beautiful word and, and share what his kingdom story was about. And then he would arrive and perhaps miracles would be performed and it would, in a sense, then cement in place the experience that these early listeners and hearers of the word would have. He tells them to travel quickly. He, he tells them don't carry a money bag, no sack, no sandals, greet no one along the way. That's not to be rude and obstinate, no. It means there's an urgency to this message, to this kingdom. You need to get to as many people as you can and spread this word of the kingdom. Don't be tardy, don't be delayed. Don't be weighed down by material things. Don't be planning out your stay and don't go on the first century equivalent of Airbnb and figure out this town versus that town. Don't do that. Arrive at the town, offer them in humility, offer them the grace and the good news story. If they refuse it, move on. If they accept it, bless them. It's okay. Don't be burdened by what the world perceives or how the world judges us in spreading the kingdom. The world is flawed. The world is wrong. And in fact, it's so wrong, he uses that beautiful analogy, be so unburdened by, by the world's criticism, it's dust on your shoes. Simply tap it off as you leave the town. Just tap your foot and be done. Don't, that's how much weight you should give it. That's how much burden it should be on your back. It's dust on your shoes, the world's criticism, because the world is flawed, the world is imperfect, the world is wrong in its judgments. So don't be, don't be burdened by it. In our national discourse right now, it's very easy for us to fall into moments of despair when we see played out on a national level a lot of angry people yelling at each other about things. Okay, that's typical human behavior, isn't it? But we have to pause as Christians and as Catholics and say, how should I let this affect me? Should I, should I be despondent? Should I be enraged? We shouldn't be any of those things. We should look at it with a broken heart of pity and say, that poor individual who holds that position that's anti-God hasn't yet heard the good news story. Something in their life has presented, prevented them from hearing the good news story. And they're living in such a fit of disorder and rage that it consumes their life. So our question then becomes, how can I most authentically live out our faith, picturing the innocence and the authenticity of great saints like Teresa of Lisieux, how can I be that light present? How can I be that positive good news story? How can I be the anti-critic? How can I be the anti-critic of the world? Easiest job in the world is to be a critic. It takes no effort to be a critic. It's the laziest thing a person can be is a critic. How can I be the positive force? How can I be the encourager? How can I be the bearer of the good news to a world around me, first and foremost in how I live, secondly in, how, in what I say, so that they can hear that news, so they can receive the kingdom message, so that they can have an encounter with our Lord. How can I be one of these 72 that are sent into the world to bear that light? How can I do that each day? And then, 
as our day ends and we retire for the evening into our own homes with our own family or if we're by ourselves, by ourselves with our Lord, how can I be unburdened from the world and kick off that dust and shake it from my feet and not, not be bothered by the naysayers and the critics and the, those who are demanding in such rage that their disordered ways be acknowledged? How can I be free of that? Don't let me be burdened by it. Let me return again in humility to our Lord. Let me be acknowledging of my own faults and imperfections that day. And encourage me then, Lord, to go into the new day following the little way, the way of the little flower, the way of peace and tranquility and truth so that the good news message in the kingdom can be shared with all. We are all called into that mission each day. St. Teresa of Lisieux, pray for us.